This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. Welcome back to our Chiefs Draft Special. Jay Binkley, Chris Unocero, and Dusty Likens at Arrowhead to talk to every single draft pick that have been here so far. We don't have the guys from the day, but obviously last two days, there's these things called private jets that bring you right into Kansas City, which is a good thing. Dusty finally got his, he he sent us a video. I saw that. On, on Twitter, he got his little video in at, the, at, at midfield on the logo there at Arrowhead. Is he with Juju? No, Juju's probably not in town. <laughs> He's probably down. In, I think he's down in Texas doing the the uh, doing Camp the workouts Pat. with with uh, at Camp Pat. Yeah, he gets Sky Moore down the Camp Pat at this point. I'm pretty sure. I think they've already talked about it on social media. So I'm pretty sure Sky Moore is going to be taking a, a, the the Clark Hunt private jet down there to uh, to the Dallas area so that he can go to Camp Pat as well. Well, the fifth round is now over. Kingsley Ingabari or Ingabar from South Carolina. He finally got drafted. Finally drafted. Back but, in right at the end of the fifth round. But he didn't have good combine numbers. No. Because he came in, I mean, before the combine. Everyone was, thought he was like a late first or early second. A lot of people had him mocked to the Chiefs at, at 30. So it was actually really shocking that he fell. The Chiefs will not be picking in the sixth round. Phone number is nope. 913-576. Seven six ten, the same as Jay, Jay Southland Toast Service text line. Let's go to the phone lines and talk to Big T and Shawnee. Thank you for that uh, wonderful Shawnee pizza, Big T. Hey, you're hey, you're surely welcome. Our owner Will Walker and Lisa, man, they're the best. They uh, they always reach out to you guys. They they hooked you up. Uh, did you like that raging Cajun? <laughs> yeah, and then some. So being good stuff. Uh, so the, the the McDuffie and, and Carlofitis on the big board bank, they look like they were what fo- pro football focus ten and eleven. So that's yeah, value pro there, football man. focus had Carlofitis ten, McDuffie eleven, Sky Moore twenty two, Leo Chanel thirty six, Brian Cook seventy one, Josh Williams the corner one seventeen, but Darren Kennard the lineman seventy nine. That that is that the dude from Kentucky Bank? Yeah, so you got six players in the top one hundred, seven in the top one seventeen. 
Chiefs always do their homework. I'm looking for some guys to fill our roster, and I love it. I love it, Bink. And, and that, 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 that last guy you're talking about from Kentucky, he could be our Trey Smith from last year is what I'm hearing. Are you, are, is that why he fell because he had knee problems or something? Are you hearing stuff like that? Or, 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 or maybe his health? I don't know. Could be a lot of people liked him, man. I mean, it, it, he, was, he was a highly looked upon guy. I mean, he, he just was. And I think this is a, a good pick. Uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs, because they need they, at some point they were going to go offensive line. Yeah, yeah already, I like that. He's like six. It. He's six five, three hundred and twenty two pounds, mountain of a man. I think this guy could you know push for the starting right tackle job for him as well. Played right tackle, projecting guard in the National Football League. Lance Zerline, NFL Network, projected him as a third round pick. I know, man. I love it when we get value like that. And you just never know, but I'm I'm looking forward to the year, but also Bink. I loathe the Yankees. I hate Yankee turd scum. They're fans throwing stuff on the field. Let's put it to the put the Yankees today, everybody. And, and and you know what? Let's get excited about these Chiefs and let's welcome all our rookies in town. And as always, let's go Chiefs and Royals. Choo 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 choo. Good stuff, Big T. Good stuff there. <laughs> I was training a new trainee, uh, Jamie, on Tuesday, and she was in here, and Big T called into Vern's post-game show, and she was taken aback by the choo-choos at the end. What's this thing, man? <laughs> hilarious. She was like, oh, I didn't know that people did that. I was like, yeah, people do that here. Big T's been chewing forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's been ready to go. I think I really remember it starting up at 14 and 15. Yeah, it was, it was right around that time, yeah. But he's been doing it with Chiefs, too, because he calls the Chiefs post game. Yeah, you know, he calls and, you every week. Yeah, and he works there and hooks us up from Old Sunny Pizza. He's a good man. Good man that fed this guy for a long time. Yeah, the only thing I'm seeing on 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 uh, Darian Kennard is, like, he, he, he does have weaknesses at, at, like, pass blocking. But, I mean, look, you got a guy with that much length and that much size – like that's a guy if he really develops that especially that first step because that first step's so important for for those uh those tackles if he could really develop that like that's a guy if like let's say something were to happen with Orlando Brown Jr and you don't sign him or you end up like Lucas Negan continues to have the injury issues that he's had. That's a guy that very well could be a, a starting tackle for you in the future. No, I'm with you. He could be. And we were just talking about Kingsley and Gabare a few seconds. 487 is what he ran the 40 at 200. Yeah. <laughs> or 258 pounds. Yeah. And that's why he slipped. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's absolutely why he slipped. Like the 40 time and, you know, not testing well in, in other athletic uh, tests that they had at the combine. Yeah, that'll kill you. Well, we're flying through the sixth round at this point in the draft right now. We're already uh, three picks in to this uh, second round. Uh, Kyron Johnson. Uh, no, actually, it started. Matt Ar- Ariza, finally. The punter. He finally We've came had the three board, punters yeah. taken. I wonder what the record is. We've had three punters taken at this yeah, point. He goes to Buffalo. So Buffalo, in my opinion, got the best punter. Out of the bunch, uh, yeah, Kyron Johnson. They do a, hopefully they use him a lot against the Chiefs. We have a KU player alert. Kyron Johnson to the Eagles, inside linebacker, University of Kansas. Wow. Uh, Darian Beavers, Cincinnati, inside linebacker. Another Cincinnati man. <laughs> seven. Dude, I know. they. Be, he's gotten, what is that now? Seven. Seven guys taken in this year's draft. Man. He went to class. the Giants. Kevin Harris, the running back from South Carolina, Went to the Patriots, the Vikings, and the Bills, the next two teams. 
selecting in the sixth round. It's the last of five-minute rounds before they go to four-minute rounds here in in just a second. But mentioned Brett Veach earlier and, uh, you know, the moving and shaking. And I give him, he dealt with Belichick twice in this draft. Like, he dealt with Bill. And yeah. Bill gave him the fifth-round pick. So, it's <laughs> We'll see how it kind of I mean, turns the Patri- out. But- I mean, to be honest, like the Patriots, I don't think have had like a great draft, at least like from what we can tell. No, they haven't, but it's kind of one of those things. They it's usually like, don't have a sec. They're not a sexy draft type of team. They just, those players just happen to kind of be good. It's like K-State K on a typical recruiting day. Yeah. yeah. Or signing day. Or in Missouri, except for this well, year. Well, like K-State back in the 90s, yeah. early 2000s. Or like yeah. Missouri when Pinkle's there. Yeah. yeah a lot of three stars. And again, it's not who you have; it's how they finish. Yeah, yeah. They, they. You certainly look at this team, and yeah, you see a lot of three stars here. You know, like Tyquan Thornton, and you know Marcus Jones. Actually, I, I really like that pick. Um, he's a he's an incredibly athletic corner. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not like a great class. It'll probably get like a B minus or a C plus when they do the grades for the the drafts. But somehow, some way, Belichick's going to find a way to get these guys to actually play well. But he's missed on some draft picks the last couple yeah, of years. Yeah, he has. I mean, obviously, like, Nikhil Harry wasn't a good pick. There are so many other options you could have taken. He took Nikhil Harry. Like, he has not had the touch of gold in no. the draft lately. No, but, like, he, he had the has touch a, of gold with uh, Tom Brady. But. Yeah, he's had a history, though, of being able to take players you're kind of scratching your head at and finding some way to get value out of them. So... I mean, at this point, it's it's kind of a wait-and-see approach, obviously. But, I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if, like, like Marcus Jones, I really liked him. Oh, from Houston, that was a good pick. Pierce I Strong, really the running back, South Dakota State. Like, yeah. And Bailey Zappi, I'm just curious how this works out. Yeah, I mean, it... You know he's going to flip him for a second-round pick here in a year. <laughs> Maybe. It depends on if he actually gets some playing time or not. But sure, yeah. like, And and the fact that he took one in the fourth, yeah, that means that he he plans on having a backup just in case. He knows it's important with this team. I don't remember seeing this kind of buzz with Chiefs drafts. I mean, lately. Man, when was the last time we had buzz like I was this? Taking, I was taking texts from the text line on Thursday night about the Breedland speak still. You got to get that out of your mind, man. Yeah. You've got to get that out of your mind. Because if you're going to do that, be honest and bear. Put a parentheses, Creed Humphrey, Nick Bolton, Trey Smith. Like, be fair about it. Don't just keep throwing Breland speaks. Yeah, I, I I don't think it's fair to just keep saying Breland speaks every with team, every pick. Every team misses somebody. Yeah. Every team does. Every team does it, and, and every team is going to do it. Like, the chances are that not every one of the players that the Chiefs have taken today are going to be quality players. Some of these guys might not pan out. Like, maybe Sky Moore is just a slot receiver. He's just McCole Hardman 3.0. Like, maybe that's what he is. Like, maybe Brian Cook can't cover NFL receivers. You know, maybe that's maybe that that's the case. Maybe uh, Leo Chanel is going to be a guy that is going to be like Ben Neiman. Can't tackle, can't cover, can't do anything. Like, that's there's always a chance that that happens. I don't think, though, we should define his legacy with just that one pick in Breland Speaks. Like, I understand and, and that, that Breland Speaks pick was awful, but you also have to understand that he has really kind of up this track record with last year's draft. And I think everybody would agree that on paper, this draft class is probably the best in the league. Oh, it is a plus for this point, but it's like, 
You look, we look at the team sometimes in a microscope. Like the Chiefs, there's a bad, bad pick, it's magnified. Like the Royals get hammered last night. It's a, you know, sky's falling with the team. Yeah. But they're in third place. Cleveland, 12 losses. Royals, 11 losses. White Sox, 12 losses. Tigers, 13 losses. Like it's not just your team, it's everybody else as well. And sometimes it's better to take a step back and look at the big picture rather than focusing in on drilling your own team all the time. And I feel the same way in the draft. Yeah, I think it's like we can judge the draft class and whatnot immediately, positive, negative. But at the end of the day, we don't know what's going to happen until these guys actually play. Like we liked the draft class after it ha- after you know it was all completed last year, but like we didn't have a feeling that it was going to be as good as it actually was. Like we thought Creed and and Pot, like we thought Creed was going to be really good immediately. Trey Smith was going to be a a prospect down the line that could be a starting guard. And Nick Bolton, we were like, maybe he'll be a good linebacker, maybe not. It was was kind of a coin flip. A lot of people liked him, a lot of people didn't. And those three guys were like first-round talents. So it... At the end of the day, we still have to remember that for all the draft grades that Kuyper and McShay and all those guys are going to put out, they still got to play. So at the end of the day, a lot of the speculation that happens here is just that. Well, one thing I like is confidence, Chris. Desmond Ritter, the quarterback taken by the Falcons, he promises a Super Bowl to Atlanta. He says they're going to get a Super Bowl out of me. Oh, Careful, Desmond. Oh, a third-round quarterback? Oh, Come man. on, Desmond. I, speaking of Cincinnati. I like confidence. I like confidence. I like confidence. Third-round quarterback. There's confidence and then pushing the envelope. Yes, third-round quarterback. And this is a terrible quarterback class. You're the, third-round there, there's, there's overconfidence. He might not be able to beat on Mariota down there in Atlanta. I think Pickett would be funny if he said about Pittsburgh. Since yeah, if Pickett said that, yeah. If Pickett said that. <laughs> It'd be funny because Mitch there now. <laughs> if Pickett said that, like I, he'd have a little bit more credibility. But Ritter, third-round quarterback, bad quarterback class. Uh, beat out Marcus Mariota first because I, I guarantee you Arthur Smith is going to give the edge to Mariota right now. We'll take a timeout, fill you in on the draft. Once again, they're in the sixth round now. The Chiefs do not have a pick this round. We'll talk to Josh Klingler, Chief Sideline Reporter, next. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. Welcome back to Chiefs Draft Special, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll talk to Josh Klingler in just a little bit. Since the six rounds going on, I'll probably bring back some. Uh, we'll probably bring back the head coach of uh, Sky Moore. I had some insanely good things to say about Sky Moore. Tim Lester, bring that for you in just a little bit, but. As we sit here and wait for the seventh round. I can't wait for the seventh round because Chiefs got three picks in that round. They traded off 233. So they're sitting there with 243, 251, and 259. So actually looking forward to that. They they traded that um, with the, uh, the Seahawks when they traded uh, down from uh, when they traded and got 145 in the fifth. Um, the Chiefs lost uh, 152 and 233 in that trade. 
um, there. So Kansas City's now got three trades on the day, 10 draft picks at this point. Of course, the big trade when they move down to 21 for Trent McDuffie. And joining us right now, sideline reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs, Josh Klingler. Kling, you having fun? This draft is awesome. I don't know. I love this. I, I, I've, I've loved the last couple of days. I think that they've just hammered on so many things. I mean, they're, they're in charge to me. I've always felt like, like I, I just look at it a draft positionally and like, what do you need position wise? And then it's up to up the teams to do their evaluation on, you know, the specific names, but just from a positional standpoint. And then what I, you know, read after the fact on some of these guys, I mean, they have, they have nailed a whole bunch of needs um, with their draft. I, I really love it. The, uh, the number one corner with a, then pairing with a tall corner later, which is something different you didn't have. Um, I'd love to. I love if they would have gotten one more defensive lineman. I think that that would be my only uh, hold up. But um, other than that, they've addressed a bunch of needs. I mean, your secondary depth should be pretty much filled. Your wide receiver room's nice and filled now, and you get a you know a, a backup or potential starter along the offensive line too to help. Uh, you know, build depth. I think they've done a heck of a job here this weekend. If you had to pick one player who, like, for sure going to be a superstar out of this draft class, who would you pick? I think it's Carl Aftis. I think it's that he's, I mean, if you tell me Max Crosby, or I love Trey Hendrickson of Cincinnati, and I, you know, seeing that, that kid go against the Chiefs a couple of times last year, I was like, man, I, I, I want to find that next guy. Um, might not be the top of the top, but like that next tier. Um, I think Carl Aftis has got that opportunity. He's the one that I feel like's got just a huge amount of of upside. So I think if I'm picking one, I think it's the defensive end, and maybe that maybe that's wishful thinking too, because I thought that that was their biggest need heading into the draft. So I hope that they've they've nailed it with that pick. You know, I asked his head coach Jeff Brom. He just joined us a little bit ago, and I brought up Max Crosby. And I said, this is what he reminds me of. And he played Eastern Michigan when he was at Purdue, and he agreed with that assessment with Max and George. Awesome. I'll take it. Like I said, I love Trey Hendrickson. So if you give me Trey Hendrickson, who I don't think is quite Max Crosby level, uh, I'm in. So, yeah, if he's anywhere close or if he's in between the two, I think you've you really hit on something. So I think uh, I think I think he's my he's my guy. Although I love a lot of these, I think the McDuffie pick I didn't know much about before it happened. Um, in terms of you know I didn't expect wasn't a guy I was paying attention to because I didn't expect that they'd be in that range. And I would have loved to have a you know who doesn't want a six two like two hundred pound corner right? I, I know those guys don't always exist. So he's only what five eleven or whatever. Uh, Binkley, you'd sold me on Sky Moore. Um, so I love that pick as well in the in the in the second round, and then you know you took a flyer in the fourth round on a on a tall corner which you don't have. So um, I, I I think there's a lot of there's a lot of fun here, and and plus they you know made those opportune moves I think when they felt like they needed to to go up and not not give up a lot. In fact, the Sky Moore pick you know trading back to be able to do it I think is I think is pretty cool. And then the seventh round. I mean, I would have loved if some team took some seventh rounders off your hands and some type of deal, but you got those three seventh rounders, and I guess you, you probably every team's got a list of like who they target undrafted. Um, you may take uh, a pick on these guys instead, or one of the one of these guys instead of the undrafted route. So I would have loved that they would have been able to package something and 
have somebody take sevens off their hands. But if they're there, go ahead and fill in some other, you know, rotational type guys that hopefully can help you. What the hell's going on with punters? Two punters in the fourth round, one in the sixth. I mean, I didn't think to expect to see a run on punters. They're both good, though, right? I mean, the best one went last. Metarias and went to Buffalo. He yeah. was the one that won the Ray Guy Award. Yeah, he's really, really good. And and we know here in Kansas City, like, you know, it was getting a coal quit for all those years was was worth it, right? I mean, that did that did a lot of things for you. So I guess if you can isolate a guy. You know, you'd always love to probably do that a little bit later, maybe even in the draft or the undrafted route. But if you find a, a guy that could be a flip the field, field changer, um, I think that that does have some value down the road, you know, rather than, I don't know, a fourth linebacker or something. I mean, a punter is going to be impacting your game each and every time out. So if you have a guy, and I think, like I said, I think those two guys um, were seemingly going to be punting in the NFL. So why not make sure you got them by drafting them? I had Tim Lester, the head coach of Sky Moore, on earlier today as well. And my real question is, how fast does he get to Camp Pat? That was my question, too. They were, like, tweeting each other last night, and I had tweeted, um, Sky, ask Patrick when the next Pat camp is and get your ass there kind of thing. You know, like, like get, get to that camp. You do your obligations here in Kansas City. Uh, you got rookie minicamp, of course, coming up. But other than that, you're going to, to – to Pat camp, right? Uh, get there as soon as possible. That'll, that'll speed your process uh, for you and for, for that room. So I'm guessing that's probably in the works smartly. If he does that, that's a, that's a real smart move. You know, yeah, so I, I like these picks a lot. I see three starters right now, McDuffie, Karloftis, and Leo Chanel in certain situations. I could see him being out there and running downs right away. Um, Sky Moore, I think we're going to see a lot of, whether he's a starter or not. I think we're going to see a lot mm-hmm. of him, but contributor. Brian Cook, you know, it's safety because you have one Thornhill back there and Justin Reed. But, again, Chiefs like using three safeties, especially as much as yeah. they used Dan Sorensen last year. I mean, I see like five contributors already. Yeah. Yeah, whether or not they're starters or not remains to be seen. I mean, Carl Loftus might not start, right? If, if you bring Melvin Ingram back, He's probably not starting, but he's going to be in your in your rotation. Um, Sky Moore is going to be in your rotation if uh, if he performs to a level, and he'll have to perform to a level, I think, to to get into that to that mix. Obviously, McDuffie and Cook. Um, heck, there may be a spot for Williams too, right? Um, the, the 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 taller corner because they don't have that right now. Uh, Chanel obviously can can fit in and and be a situational linebacker, and then. I don't know the even the offensive lineman, right? I mean, he was pretty highly rated, and they got him in the fifth round, and he was like the. On, I saw on one thing he was like a top ten tackle or something. I'm going okay if he's a swing guy or if he's a backup guy, um, but things aren't settled at right tackle, so that position continues to be open. So no, you've you've got this group, and there's not anybody there that you say right now like you're gonna, you know, you're gonna have a hard time. Uh, not finding a role if you you know perform and take advantage of it. I think all these guys have an opportunity to find a to find a role. Talking to Josh Klingler from the Drive and Chiefs Radio Network. When did he switch shows? <laughs> the Drive of the Fesco in the morning. Oh my uh, god! <laughs> um, god, we have breaking news here. 
So I, I wanted to ask, of all the players that they... I, I don't like getting up early, but yeah, I'm kind of used to it. I don't, I don't, yeah, I know. Everybody says that. We already everybody, traded you, Kling. You didn't see it. Everybody it's not says on the that scroll. They you didn't realize you were traded. <laughs> so of all the players in this draft class, who do you what think... Get, what did they get for me? Anything? Uh, host to be named later. Nothing, huh? Host to be named later. That's that's probably probably about right. <laughs> For all Go the ahead, players Chris. in this draft class, who do you think is going to have like the biggest impact as a rookie, considering the fact that many of these guys probably aren't going to be immediately starting every down at their position? I mean, I think I, I would think McDuffie, I guess, um, just because I think he probably he's probably the closest to, to you for sure saying, well, yeah, he's. I guess he's a starter, right? Um, they start a lot of three defensive. They've started a lot of three safeties in the past, right? But I think that the, a lot of that was because they were deeper at safety. I think you're going to probably be seeing more three corners if you have the personnel to be able to do three corners. And so I think that McDuffie might have the the most opportunity to to fit in in that regard when you're when you're talking about where they're at at defensive back with with Fenton and with Legarius Sneed. Um, so I, I got to imagine he's going to see the field probably the most, and then probably followed by Carl Aftis. But again, that depends if. If you don't bring back Melvin Ingram, maybe Carl Loftus is a starter and he's a three down defensive end for you. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't think the Chiefs, even after this weekend, are going to be done. I think they'll kind of survey the market and see what's out there in terms of veteran guys on the, on the defense. And I don't know. I, 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 I can flip. I don't know where I stand on Ingram. Like, right after the season was over, I'm like, well, it, it kind of sounds like he's going to play here or nowhere. Um, he takes a visit to Miami, doesn't sign with Miami, but. They know the process is going to to play itself out. I would think he would see a need here in Kansas City and a fit here in Kansas City that he's going to be back. So I I feel like I'm playing with the if he wants to play, he's going to be in Kansas City kind of feel of that one, which would lead me to say Karloftis would probably be a rotational defensive end, but still have plenty of opportunities. We know how how they play essentially two, two and a half deep along that defensive line a lot of times. So he's going to be able to get a lot of snaps too. I think one of the biggest upsets are because the Chiefs love SCC guys. And we've just seen one so far in Darian Kennard, the offensive lineman. We've gotten two big tw- Big Ten people in Carl Loftus and Leo Chanel. I think Chanel is going to be one of those fan favorites right away. Dude bench pressed 34 yes. pounds. He, he was on stage and wants to bring violence. Like, that's what people want to hear, Kling. They, 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 <laughs> they hit their glasses on the table. They clap and... All right, this guy wants to bring violence. They've got some nasty dudes, man, and Leo's one of them. Yeah, I like that, too. You could bring a little bit of edge to that to that group. I mean, linebacker was one heading into the weekend I wasn't real concerned about um, because I like, you know, I like Bolton and I like Willie Gay, and I'm like, those are, those are two guys. So do you, do you upgrade somehow to, 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 you know, beef up your pecking order so that the the third guy in there is someone different, and Chanel would have they have a chance to do that. Um, so yeah, rotational guy with a little bit of edge too would be would be kind of fun. And I'm guessing that's the guy you're going to count on to wreck on special teams too. So um, he'll have an opportunity to in, inflict his violence. Um, I think even on special teams, right? Yeah, I just really like the fact that I know that uh, you know pass rush comes from the edge and all that, but you know Chris Jones brings that pass rush from the inside. Leo Chenault had eight sacks. He's led Wisconsin in sacks the last two years. You know, he's blitzing from the he's blitzing from the inside linebacker position. I mean, that is that is something Speggs likes. And 
we know he likes the secondary blitzes, but you know, just because they don't have you know maybe some edges that bring in a ton of sacks or just my, you know, it could be sacked by committee or a situational guy that that can line up in a in in a pass rush situation and you know use his strengths to be able to do that. I don't know, you know. I'm not a position coach, so I don't know how he fits in inside or outside, but I feel like I got my I got my two starters, right? So how do you find other ways to get another guy on the field? But there were opportunities last year. I think the Chiefs were severely shorthanded. As much as people looked at like Dan Sorensen and freaked out um, when whenever he was on the field, the fact was that he provided you a safety slash linebacker, right? Um, you didn't have anybody that, that kind of filled that role. Uh, maybe you translate it more to now more of a linebacker. You have a, a shift in that philosophy as well. You use Dan Sorensen with his strengths, which was to be down in the box as a safety. Well, maybe you this allows you, you know, personnel-wise might allow you to do something a little bit different. Say a linebacker um, is is truly playing down in the box as a linebacker rather than a safety kind of masquerading as a linebacker, if that makes any sense. So maybe you're able to kind of shift. It's not philosophy, but – you know, do things based a little bit differently based on your personnel. Good stuff, Kling. I will say this. Vegas is doing a hell of a job. Um, that's a lot of people that are in Las Vegas watching this draft. Of course, it's going to be here in Kansas City next year. But, uh, yeah, prepare to have a lot of stuff, a lot of porta-potties, because uh, lots of people. And I think – I think the draft here in Kansas City. Why do you think porta potties? You, you got to be somewhere, man. Why is that the thing you Did think you see of? all those people? You need a place we for don't them want to people go. People peeing all over our town. Yeah, yeah but still, like, that's not the first thing I would think no, of when I'm talking about that. When I'm trying to set the sto- set the story no, for the no. draft, I'm going to Kathy Nelson. A lot Nelson. of porta potties. I'm going to Kathy Nelson saying where the hell porta potties going to be because I'll say this: that's a lot of people you don't want peeing in your town, but. The That's fact true. that it's in Kansas City, your Iowans, Nebraskas, Kansans, Minnesota people coming down, Arkansas coming up. I mean, this yeah, is going to be huge. Those, those are those peeing states. You got to watch out for all those. <laughs> yeah, all the all those peers out there coming up from the cornfields and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff, Kling. Enjoy the uh, rest of the, your weekend. I'm sure you're going to have a lot of fun. And by the way, you guys have uh, Kimmel Anders coming on right on Monday. Yeah, heading into the uh, the Chiefs Hall of Fame, which is pretty cool. So yeah. yes, he'll be uh, he'll be joining us on uh, on Monday. It was uh, we were going to talk to him anyway, but then he got this extra little announcement, so that was cool. Yeah, I don't know if you guys are going to be coaches because I'm getting them all on. That's good. <laughs> we'll use it. <laughs> good stuff. All right, Kling. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Bink. All right, there you go, Josh Klingler, right there from the drive. I'm surprised he's not more <laughs> from the drive. <laughs> Yeah, you and Dusty, man. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what, though? When you do a six-and-a-hour live show, six yeah, and a half we've been on the show, air for five hours now. You're going to have some stuff, you know, like it's call been... up Purdue coach uh, Luke Fickle. You know what I'm saying? It's... Yeah. Yeah, regardless. <laughs> when he, I thought it was Luke at first. I was going to say his name. I never said his I name on the I air. I didn't say so. his name. I was going to say, I was like, hey, hey, coach Luke. And then, he, and then, but I didn't. I was like, okay, let me just, let me make sure it's not like Vern calling in or something. And then it was, and then it was coach Jeff Brom. I was like, oh, good. Good thing I didn't say, hey, how you doing, coach? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm happy I didn't call him Luke Fickle. By the way, one of the linebackers are like Malcolm Rodriguez from Oklahoma State. Remember him? He goes to the Lions. Yes. At pick 188. We're at pick 194 now is the, is the uh, we're getting kind of a midway point of the sixth we're round getting, here. We're getting to the territory where fullbacks are in Mel Kuyper's top 10 available players. 
And so that's how you know we're getting here to the Let's latter stages of the Let's get some damn long snappers, man. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think those – do those guys get drafted? I, I, I don't – like, You know if they're good? They I wouldn't. think they're – no. But you, you need them. You need, yeah, you need but, solid like, you don't need snaps. To draft, you don't need to draft a, a long You don't snapper. need hey, – the snap is just important as the kick. You yeah, get but you there. can find that out there on the – those guys are probably undrafted free agents. You're not going to draft a long snapper. No, I'm with you. No, that's so. a waste of a pick. Jared, Even if it's a seventh-round pick, it's a waste of a Jared pick. Jared Allen was a long snapper. Remember? the Chiefs really liked his long stamping <laughs> yeah, ability then all of a sudden he became this defensive end of Idaho State. Hey, we'll just, we'll just use the six-round pick, too. Like, let's just use He's him. probably had the most success for anybody that was thought to be more of a long stamper. I know, right? <laughs> so, we'll take a timeout. We'll hear from the head coach of Sky Moore. We talked to him earlier today. We'll do that before we uh, get you ready for the seventh-round bonanza next. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. Welcome back to Chiefs Draft Special. Jay Binkley, Chris Unocero. We had Dusty uh, at uh, Arrowhead Stadium earlier. The draft... We sit now at pick 198. Um, Tyler Beatty, by the way, went off the clock just two picks ago. Tyler Beatty, the running back from Missouri, goes in the sixth round to the Baltimore Ravens. Which <laughs> I, I like the Ravens draft. Great man. running back room there. Yeah, so Tyler Beatty and, uh, you know, uh, Justice Hill, I think he's still going to get a chance. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they already they have J.K. Dobbins still there. So, yeah, the Ravens got a lot of talent in that running back room. Yeah, Justice Hill. Um, yeah, they. Got, I love what they're doing on defense too. Ojabo's one of those guys. Ojabo's a steal, dude. But he's going to get a redshirt year. The yeah. Chiefs couldn't have. In my opinion, Chiefs couldn't afford to take him. I think they, they need production right away. I think they could have if they, he'd have been available like 62. I think they could have. I would have liked it, but you, I understand. Do you know who uh, Justice Hill's brother is? Dax Hill. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Jax Hill. So Tyler Beatty goes two picks ago to, uh, to uh, Baltimore Ravens. The Eagles on the clock now as we start. Going through the sixth, the sixth round, the wild one was the Ravens had four pick, or six picks in the yes. fourth round. That was interesting. But we had an opportunity to catch up with Tim Lester earlier. Tim Lester is the head coach of Western Michigan, the head coach for Sky Moore. He had some great things to say about Sky. Here's Coach Lester. It's my pleasure now to bring on the head coach of Western Michigan, fresh off a quick lane bowl uh, win this year in well, I'm old enough to remember when he was a quarterback destroying things. Tim Lester joins us now. What's up, Tim? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Hey, I'm old enough to remember when you were there, but can you imagine if you had, like, Dwayne Eskridge the year before and now Sky Moore <laughs> right now when you were playing uh, college football? It would have been a lot of fun to have that type of players on my field with me. We have some good ones, but uh, these guys are different now. Well, you come back from that uh, quarterback background, obviously we're talking about Sky Moore with the Chiefs. Uh, this is a home run to me. I mean, this is a guy I do these mock drafts every year. I put him in the first round. I think he's got, like, first-round talent, to be quite honest with you. So the Chiefs got a real steal where they got Sky Moore. Now he pairs up with Patrick Mahomes. As a former quarterback, what makes this guy special? 
I think the fact that he was a quarterback, you know, we've had, you know, Edelman came out of our league and he's just, he thinks like a quarterback. So he knows every position on the field. He's obviously got all the athletic tools. He's got enormous mitts and and he can get open. He's great after the catch, but, but his brain, I think is what makes him ready. I mean, they can put him, they can run any route. You can line him up anywhere. He'll know every position. And that's really unique uh, when you get a guy that, that can think at the level that these NFL offenses roll. Now, obviously, we just mentioned that Sky is a former quarterback, and and he was also a defensive back as well before he came there. What was it about him? Like, what traits did he have that led you to moving him to that position when it requires so much athleticism? You know, watching him with the ball in his hands, I mean, that's kind of the biggest thing. Watching him play DB, you know, I took him with one of my scholarships. It wasn't really a DB scholarship. It wasn't a a wideout. It was the head coach's discretion scholarship (laughs) because I just – that's a kid I want on my team. You know, you don't get to see him run routes, but, but man, when he would run that zone read and pull the ball, uh, I mean, no one was bringing him down. So watch, watching him, you know, with the ball in his hands in, in open space, we knew he, he would transition quickly. I didn't know it was going to be as quick as starting as a true freshman, you know, and uh, being an all-conference player immediately, but uh, it worked out that way. Talking to Coach Tim Lester, head coach of Western Michigan, Sky Moore's head coach. Of course, Sky Moore with the Kansas City Chiefs. And, Coach, we often hear people talk about Sky Moore when we watched Mac football this year. His route running is incredible, and we know his hand size, biggest hands at the combine. But just, you know, in your history with coaching these guys, and you do bring up Julian Edelman, a nice, a great route runner. When you look at his routes and what he does, like how special is he when he goes through his breaks? Well, he's the best I've I've been around. You know, we we kept putting more on his plate and more on his plate and more on his plate, and and nothing ever phased him. You know, we had him line up at Wildcat a couple times and, and take some snaps and run the ball, and and uh, you know he could return. You know, it's just it was so much fun. We had like five hundred different calls for him to pass the ball because he can throw it. We just never called it in the game. Uh, they will he hear. They will hear. They will. I'm done. He can throw it. He can, he, he can throw it. I mean, I, we we always put it in and never and never called it. That's on us. But uh, but yeah, I think that's the thing that just stood out. And, and the moment he showed up, and I've been saying this since he got here, he he has literally been a pro since his freshman year. He shows up to work every day, fun to be around, and works, and never gets outworked. And uh, when your best players, like it reminds me a little bit when I was a quarterback coach here. Uh, very uh, similar traits mentally uh, to Greg Jennings, who was a great player here and went on and had a great career with the Packers and with the Vikings. But he's very similar when we when I got a chance to coach him as far as he could really do anything. And he made a great transition to the next level. Greg did. Now, watching the tape on Sky, I mean, you guys used him very similar to the way that the Chiefs used Tyreek Hill. He went in motion a lot. I mean, there was very regularly he would go in jet sweep motion, and you guys would give it to him sometimes. A lot of times you would fake it. Is that something that you guys planned on doing once you saw film on him when you were recruiting him? Or did you guys figure out that he would be best in that role once you saw him at practice? No, we felt immediately like he was going to be able to uh, just be a guy that, that we could move around a lot. You know, once mentally we knew he played three positions his rookie year, uh, you know, we started him in the easy position for the true freshman to learn. He learned that in like three days, and then we moved him to the slot and eventually played into the boundary. But, you know, the thing was defenses for us, especially this year, you know, they started moving around and doing different things against him. So we needed to move him around to get him the matchups we wanted. Because if we just put him in one spot, he was going to face two guys all the time. And, and it really opened it up our whole offense when you have a guy that's 
defense has changed for. You know, they didn't change for him much his first two years, but this year, if, if we didn't move him, he was going to get doubled every play. So it was, it was, he still got open when he was doubled sometimes, but it was way easier to move him around and get him in the matchup we wanted against the linebacker and let him go to work. Here's the thing, Coach. Now he's with Andy Reid, and we know the kind of offense Andy Reid runs. He's very creative with what he does. You pair him now with Patrick Mahomes, and the Chiefs bring in guys like Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So you got these you know, guys that have been around the NFL and you Travis Kelsey on that line. Like, what do you think? Is there, is there a more perfect place for him to be than, you know, with Reed and Mahomes and company? No, because I think he's just such a he's such a sponge. I mean, he's going to learn from these guys, and he's just going to work. You know, and that's who he is. He's been like that uh, since since I've known him. So he's going to show up and learn from everybody. And the more complex and cool stuff that Andy Reid comes up with, which I know he will, he'll he'll learn it and be ready for it the first time it's called. And uh, so that's that's the thing that I'm most excited about. I sent him a text. We've been talking about this for a while, but I sent him a text this morning, a picture of of Mahomes, and I, you know, I said, hey. <laughs> And you need to get open for this guy, but but here's a side note. He may or may not be looking at you when he throws you the ball. So be ready for the ball. <laughs> he gave me the emojis back. It was funny. Talking to Coach Tim Lester from the uh, West- Western Michigan Broncos football team. Now, we obviously don't get to see these guys in the locker room, you know, practice field. Like, what kind of a character is he outside of the games? What kind of character is he in the locker room with the rest of his teammates? Yeah, he was he was probably our most popular guy. I mean, he just gets along with everybody, you know, as far as just his demeanor. He was always fun to be around, goofing around, smiling. Uh, but when it was time to work, it was time to work. You know, he's always the first around the field, and, and it was time to – uh, he could just turn it on and turn it off, which I, I feel like all the great ones can. You know, they're not always too serious or too loose. You know, so we have probably more guys too loose than that than anything. But, uh, you know, he just did a great job of, of walking that line. And I think I go back to being a quarterback. I think he has kind of that demeanor of, you know, he can tighten it down when it's time to go. And in practice, he's locked in. And But he's also, uh, you know, on the sidelines, goofing around and talking and, and enjoying himself. Coach, I got to tell you, I'm a big fan of the Mac, and I love watching you guys play football. You had a tremendous season this year, and you keep putting uh, talent into the league. I think I know you're at a, at a little league game right now, and uh, I appreciate you taking the time to talk about Sky Moore. I appreciate you guys having me. I'm so excited to watch uh, watch the team this fall with Sky on it. Oh, thanks a lot, Coach. Really yep, appreciate it. Thank you, it. Coach. There you go, the head coach of Western Michigan, Tim Lester, the former quarterback there. We talked to a, for, for, a couple former quarterbacks, Lester and uh, Brom. I get the feeling like Skywar might end up being the most popular player from this draft class just because he's the de facto Tyreek Hill replacement. I just feel like that might be the guy that we hear about, especially like training camp and all the fans are coming in and you already know, like there's always that one player that everyone's going to be asking about. Oh, how does this player look? How does that player look? I feel like Sky Moore might be the guy that we hear about. We hear the most questions for as far as how does this player look at training camp? No, I'm with you. Remember Jeff Brom? He played in the XFL too. Yes, he did. Yeah, as he did. He's the guy that did the interview. He said, let's play football because yes. he's so intense. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> it was Jeff Brom in that situation. Uh, the last player taken in the draft right now in the sixth round as we sit in the sixth round, Cade Bays, offensive guard, Tennessee. New England Patriots on the clock. They actually just got their pick in. Sam Roberts, defensive tackle out of Northwest Missouri State. Okay, so 
Northwest Missouri State. Yeah. Patriots. Your school. How about that? And they're local. <laughs> yeah. Northwest local, Missouri State. Local kids. Sam Roberts. Sam Roberts. Sam Roberts there. The Cardinals on the clock now as we roll along. Coming back, we'll look back at some of these draft picks the Chiefs got in some of these positions that they may be looking at as we go into uh, round seven. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. Hey, it's Travis Kelsey, and you're listening to the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back to Chiefs Draft Special. Jay Binkley, Chris Sinocero, Andy Reid, the Hawaiian shirt on NFL Network live right now. He's got to be happy about this draft. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, obviously. Although most of the players on the, the other that, side of the ball. He's the one that orchestrated it, yeah. <laughs> most of them on the other side of the ball. I mean, he's got one toy. Sky Moore. The fact that I mean I mean and and uh and Kennard. But like Well yeah, but yeah, but not a he's not a position player, yeah. But like it is really interesting to see how they've kind of gone so defense heavy in this draft at a lot of key positions. And we knew like defensive end was gonna be a, a big point of emphasis for them. But you know, like Kling brought up earlier at the beginning of the hour about how like he he didn't think like linebacker was something that they needed to address and yet they went out and they got somebody who was essentially what we think is the Ben Neiman Like I wouldn't have put it on top 4. No, but I love the pick. And I do too, and it's more so the talent that you get and like that might be a great example of the Chiefs like I think now with this draft we see how the Chiefs think. And it's going to help us be able to predict how they draft in the future because we didn't, I don't think any of us expected that Ben Neiman role to be as important as it actually was so much so that they use a third round pick to get a player in that position. I mean, think about it. Linebacker, there haven't been very many positions that they've invested more resources in than linebacker because they used two second-round picks the last two years, and now they've used a third-round pick to go get linebacker. So it's a completely different linebacker room than it was before, and I don't think we understood that that position was as important as it they've clearly shown it is. So I think that's been really surprising. Same thing with safety, too, where they – they they bring in Justin Reed to be starting safety for them. And then they draft another safety in the second round to go out there. And now you basically have three starting safeties on your team. They love the three safety look. Yeah, they do. They love it. And we obviously and a couple saw of these it. guys can play up like Justin Reed. Yeah. Like, it like gives put, them options now. They like putting safeties in the box. They like moving them up there toward linebackers. Because Dan Soren played a lot of linebacker himself. He did. he did. I mean, there was one point where he was like pictured with the linebackers group yeah. on their social media. So like that tells you just how much they, they value that kind of role where you have a safety that's playing essentially another linebacker. And that means that guys like Cook – Guys like Chanel will probably get a lot of time on the field because of the skill set that they bring and because they play in a role that Spags really values. So I think we learned a lot about how they value certain positions. It wasn't just because they had Ben Neiman and Dan Sorensen that they played them the way they did. I think Spags really values players who play those roles. 
So in the sixth round, we saw Tyler Beatty, the running back from Missouri, go to the Baltimore Ravens. We saw Sam Roberts of Northwest Missouri State, defensive tackle, go to the New England Patriots. Keontae Ingram, running back from USC, uh, goes number 201. Michael Woods, uh, the wide receiver from Oklahoma, goes 202. And Tristan Ebner, the running back from Baylor, goes 203. The Houston, uh, no, it's Tennessee Titans, then the Houston Texans on the clock, followed by the Denver Broncos. The Titans picked Theo Jackson out of Tennessee. Theo Safety. Jackson, Tennessee, goes to uh, the Tennessee Titans. And like we said, through five rounds, SEC had four guys, 48 guys taking the Big 12 12. Like, that's the problem. they got to stop <laughs> yeah. being on the bottom. Yeah, I know, right? If they already had Cincinnati with them, that would help. I know, right? They'd have, like, what, eight player, eight more players yeah, now? Cincinnati's got, like, next to Georgia, the most players taken. Yeah, they're just so crazy. Like, the fact that they, as a non-Power 5 school, have so many players being taken in this draft, especially on that defense, which was probably the biggest strength of that team last year. That just goes to tell you how good of a job Fickle has done there. Recruiting, developing, because they don't have the same, they don't have the ability to go out there and recruit the kind of talent pool that like Alabama, Georgia, Florida, et cetera, Clemson have, you know, are able to recruit. And it might get to a point where Cincy might end up becoming a powerhouse school in the Big 12 when they once they join it next year. We'll take a time out. We come back. We'll look more at the sixth round as we get ready for what will be a wild round for the Kansas City Chiefs, the seventh round. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. Hey, Kansas City, this is Brady Singer, and you're listening to the home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio. Hey, welcome back. Chiefs Draft Special, Jay Binkley, Chris Anocero. What a wild draft weekend. This was, I don't know, we built this draft weekend up pretty good. I'm not going to say like it exceeded expectations. I think the expectations were pretty high. Yeah, I, I actually think it's lived up to the expectations. Round one was just as crazy as we thought it would I think it's exceeded them. And you might be right. You might be right. Yeah. I think there's just so round one on Thursday was crazy. Like well, nothing ever lives up to expectations. No, this did. no, this one absolutely did. Especially with that run on wide receivers, which completely changed the scope of the draft for the chiefs. I remember after uh, Jahan Dotson got taken at 16, I was like, well, looks like, uh, looks like the, the chief strategy that we hoped would happen probably goes out the window at that point, but the chiefs adjusted. Provided that was their strategy of going receiver in the first round. If it wasn't, then obviously it didn't matter. But, you know, if if they took the strategy, I think a lot of us thought they would, it completely changed when the wide receivers started coming off the board early in the teens. And that was entertaining, but it was also one where you're sitting there kind of sweating as a Chiefs fan because you're like, oh, my God, if, if Dotson is 16, then that means Christian Watson and Sky Moore and those guys might be coming off the board before the Chiefs get to pick at 29. So it was really entertaining. Yeah, this draft. Here's the, uh, the latest picks. Uh, since Michael Woods uh, from Oklahoma, the wide receiver, went 202. Tristan Ebner, Baylor uh, running back, went 203. Theo Jackson, Tennessee safety, 204. Austin DeCulis, LSU offensive tackle, 203. 206. Um Matt Hennigson, Wisconsin defensive tackle, 
goes the Denver Broncos, Chicago Bears on the clock, then the Pittsburgh Steelers and Buffalo Bills uh, before the Patriots again. Boy, they like to accumulate mid-round picks. They do. <laughs> Bill Belichick lives off of those fourth and fifth round picks. He loves those picks. No, he he, he loves picking those picks. There's no question about it. But the Chiefs uh, in a situation here, seventh round literally could be anything and everything except for kicker and punter. Yeah, those are off the board. Getting another offensive lineman, Lucita Smith, something like that, not a problem with. Lucas Cruel, the tight end, something like that. Again, you're talking about developmental guys. I, I told you the list of 2000 since 2010 of seventh round picks. Yeah. A few of them <laughs> it's contribute. Not a good list. A few of them contribute. Not a lot do. There's a reason why you're a seventh round pick. Yeah, I figured it's not a good list, but I I will say this. I do appreciate, I feel like the chiefs do a good job of taking some good shots in the dark at that position. Like Bo Pete, like you get a guy who physically was someone that, that tested very well, but he just, he couldn't figure it out. And they had a, a pretty deep room of prospects there. So it's kind of tough for him. But they, I, I really do think the Chiefs do a good job on the third day of finding a lot of value in various spots, especially the sixth round where we've seen them take uh, starting line linemen before fifth round. Got their best receiver they've had maybe in the in the franchise's history in that round. And there's a they've had a lot of of good picks out of these uh, third day pit third day rounds. So maybe they can work up some magic here on uh, in the seventh round. Well, Lasita Smith, the best, second best offensive guard left. He's still there. Yeah, that's the guy he take from Virginia Tech. So, May, let's hope I he mean, makes it. I think it would have been more likely if they didn't get Kennard, because Kennard can slide in and play guard. So I don't know if that happens now. Maybe because they they did vi- they did visit with him at the combine. So. He could be an option, but I wouldn't be shocked if they went like defensive tackle. Like maybe they, they took a shot at getting a defensive tackle here and seeing if they can, they can get somebody and, and kind of find a, a gym, like a Turk Wharton type where it's like, okay, this guy's big. Maybe he's not, he doesn't have a whole lot of fan, whole lot of fanfare. Maybe he didn't get to go to the combine. Maybe he wasn't invited and we'll go get him here as a way to, have him before undrafted free agents. Like at this point now, the chiefs are in a position where they're basically going to be trying to draft guys that they want to lay claim to for uh, undrafted that they would normally get for undrafted free agents. So the best receiver probably still left is Justin Ross out of yes. Clemson who even tweeted. He just needs a chance. Six, four, two Oh five. That big target, but Justin Ross keeps on sliding, but that would be probably the best wide receiver still left, unless you said, you know, Clemson's a great team, but last year you got Cornell Powell, and do you stay away from Clemson? I don't. I mean, look, we all know that you were the guy that was that that was pushing for Mahomes to be drafted by the Chiefs, and he didn't run a forty to combine yeah, or things like that. Yeah, because he's had medical issues and whatnot. So, but like, I think I learned my lesson about the school thing with Mahomes. I don't, I understand Cornell Powell, you know, hasn't quite panned out, but Justin Ross is a guy that a lot of people have had a lot of talent, like see a lot of talent in. Certainly there's some issues with injuries and whatnot, but a lot of people thought this kid was good enough to go in the second round, just like a month ago. And right now you're in the seventh round. If he falls to the chiefs, 
I think it'd be a good idea to just take a shot at him with a pick that doesn't really matter anyways. And if you could find a guy that ends up being a starter for you at some point in the future, you could have some of the best value that you've seen in this draft. So why not? I mean, at this point now, it doesn't really matter if he pans out or not because it's a seventh-round pick. Some of the running backs still left. Ibram Smith from Baylor. You know, again, you look at some of these. Kennedy Brooks at Oklahoma. That's a name that uh, a lot of people might remember. <laughs> but Kennedy Brooks uh, remains. Uh, looking for tight ends who the Chiefs might consider at tight end in those roles. But once again, the Chiefs have picked 243, 251, and 259. Those are fast and furious Yeah. once you get to 243. They had 233, but they traded it to Seattle. Chiefs, once again, have done three trades in this draft. Two of them, the New England Patriots, and one to the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, they've done a lot of maneuvering and wheeling and dealing. So for them, at this point now, they've got what they need. This is just a matter of, like, this player's talented. They probably fell. Let's go take them. Has there been a favorite uh, team's draft of yours besides the Chiefs? Because I think you and I both enamored of the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean. I'm going to say Ravens. Let me let me look at this. Because, like, I've been so stuck on the Chiefs draft. Because I think, I mean, I'll be surprised if a team ends up with a with a, a higher rating, higher grade than the Chiefs draft. Because the I mean, the Chiefs draft is one of the best I've ever seen. This is it? Just on paper. Obviously, we got to see it later on. But on paper, I just can't remember seeing a draft where they hit so many positions positions of need and filled some extra roles they didn't really necessarily need, but certainly will be better for it. I mean, obviously, yeah, the, the Ravens draft's really strong. I, I was saying this during the draft. On, on Thursday, Kyle Hamilton falling to them at 14. It, that's one of the steals of the draft. Oh, it might not be this. It might not be a sky Moore level steal. Or if like Kennard ends up panning out and being a really good, if not great tackle, then, you know, it wouldn't be that level of steal. But Kyle, who probably was good enough to go top five for him to drop to 14. That is a, a great value there. They also got Tyler Lind, uh, Linderbaum from Iowa. A lot of people think that guy is going to be one of the best centers in football pretty soon. Ajabo, who was, if not for a torn Achilles, probably would have gone mid-first round. Uh, maybe with this year, maybe he would have gone like late first round, but he would have been a first-round pick. He falls to to them in the in the middle of the second round. So that certainly was very fortuitous for them. I mean, yeah, I think you could probably say the Ravens, probably did a, a real strong job in this draft. And I'd say probably have the best outside of the chiefs. But I mean, right now it's hard to say anybody's better than the chiefs. The uh, text lines ask you about kickers still remaining. How about Cameron Dicker, Dicker, the kicker from Texas, Dicker the, kicker. the most ever points at the university of Texas, most points in Texas history, <laughs> Gabe Burkick from Oklahoma and Andrew Mevis from o- Oklahoma, uh, from Iowa state, excuse me would be the uh, top three kickers left. Ben Griffiths, the punter that's still available from Baylor. I think the Texans have a strong one, too. Stingley, you know, Kenyon Green, Jalen Petra. Jalen Petrie, man. That was, that, out of all the guys, that was probably my favorite guy in the draft. Yeah. Big he's really 12 good. defensive player. Really year. talented. 
Dude, he, dude, he had 25 quarterback pressures from the secondary. Yeah. It's <laughs> it three and a half sacks last year, three forced fumbles, two picks. I mean, that guy literally did it. That guy literally was the honey badger. Yeah. And they got they also got Mechie in the second as well. Uh, Christian Harris, who a lot of people like. Damian Pierce, who I like, Florida running back, got him in the fourth round. I'd say this is a, yeah, it's a pretty good class for them. They got a lot of picks, and if you look at uh, if you look at the list of needs that they had on their on their uh, team from like Mel Kiper's list of needs, they had like almost every position listed as a need. So they are just starved for talent, and I, I think they did a really good job of getting a lot of talented players. So yeah, I think you you could definitely say them. The Jaguars got a steal with Devin Lloyd out of Utah at twenty seven. No one thought that he was going to fall that far. So yeah, I I I don't think anybody has a better draft class than the Chiefs, but I do think there's you know like Ravens and maybe Texans who have some really strong classes as well. Good stuff. Mitch Holtus made a few comments too on Friday about how McDuffie fits in the Spags D and the value of both uh, Karloftis and McDuffie to this football team. We'll have that for you. Try to check in with Nick Schwartz, and uh, of course we get ever closer to the seventh round. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. Welcome back to our Chiefs Draft Special, brought to you by Window World. Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. Still in the sixth round as we sit right now. We'll turn things over to Josh Vernier in 610 Saturday, coming up at 430. I hope, I hope, I hope that we get them in. If we don't, hit up Vern. Hit up Vern on the text line and uh, have him fill you in on the last couple of picks. Connor Hayward, the fullback of Michigan State, goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Luke Tanetta, Virginia Tech, offensive tackle, goes to the Buffalo Bills. Chasen Hines, LSU offensive guard, goes to the Patriots. Quentin Lake from UCLA, the safety goes to the Rams. The Rams uh, are on the clock as well as the Rams had back-to-back picks as we start getting into about uh, nine picks left in the uh, sixth round, around nine picks left in the sixth round. I mentioned Mitch Holtis. He was on um, with Fesco in the morning on Friday about just some of the Chiefs' picks, this, like after McDuffie in Karloftis was taken. Interesting stuff here when he was asked, how does Trent McDuffie fit into the Chiefs' defense? Well, wicked smart and tough. Spags, your corners in Spags' defense must be willing tacklers. And McDuffie, when you look at his tackle total, 100 tackles. So he's not just a corner that's going to float around and, hey, I'm going to get an interception or knock the ball out. He's going to come up and put it on you. Now, the knock on him, a little shorter. 5'11", 193. But he's bigger than a Mike Hughes. He's more talented than a Mike Hughes. So there you go, Mitch Holtis on Trent McDuffie there. Mitch was also asked about the value uh, of this draft and how it's incredible value for the Kansas City Chiefs in the drafting of both players. McDuffie, really across the board, was the third-rated corner mm-hmm. in this draft. He just happened to fall because of the run on wide receivers and then the crazy trades that were going on after, let's say, pick 10. But he just kept it dropping and dropping. And then, as Brett Veach said last night, you're getting a guy that was basically 
you're going to get him 10 slots less than what the board would have him in a general consensus across the NFL. It's just the way things happen, and especially the run on wide receivers. So you take him, you trade up to take him, but you still have a lot of ammo to come back and take Karloftis, who was the fifth-rated edge guy in this whole draft, and he went as the fifth edge guy. You just happened to get him at 30. Mm -hmm. This is where the value part of the draft is coming into play, and the Chiefs can feel really good about both these guys. We all like a good value. We like a good value in life. We don't like to go somewhere and get a good value. This draft has been about that. Number 10, number 11, 22, 36, 71, 79, and 117 on Pro Football Focus. Big board now, Kansas City Chiefs. Time to go to the phone lines and talk to uh, talk to uh, the uh, producer, the mastermind of Cody and Gold, Nick Schwartz. Huge college football fan. What's up, Nick? What's up, Bink? How you doing today? You know what? I think the biggest upset so far of this draft, Nick, is Matt Ariza not being the first punter taken, but the third punter. What the hell? Yeah, can we talk? Can we just spend the next ten minutes discussing that the travesty? I think that's going to be. I think he's probably going to use that as motivation. As a Heisman voter, you were considering a punter. I mean, you consider everybody, you know. I Would I say on the night that I submitted my ballot that Arise's name was on the tip of my tongue? That'd probably be inaccurate. But uh, it put on one of the most impressive punting seasons we've ever seen in the fact that he was not the first punter off the board this weekend is, is truly an affront to the football gods. I mean, this is one of the biggest misses, and I think when we look back at it next year and the year after, after he just keeps racking up all pros and Pro Bowls about just how stupid people were for picking, not picking the greatest punter we may have ever seen, the Ray Guy Award winner. Yeah, man. I mean, the dude's got the dude's got a lead toe. Uh, did you see? Have you seen his highlight tape from San Diego State? I mean, it's electric stuff. It's, it's unreal. Really it's something you put on repeat. Yeah, you know, I'm, you know, just for that, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna put it on again this weekend. I'm not gonna watch tape on any of these guys, the Chiefs draft. But I'm watching Matt Arise. It's, it's all I'm watching. It's all I'm watching. <laughs> but uh, we've had a lot of fun today talking to Tim Lester, the coach of Sky Moore, and uh, Jeff Brom, the coach of uh, George Karloftis. And you know, the more you hear from them, it's just like, man, I can't decide which my favorite player is in this in this draft because. And that's good, though, because usually somebody stands out head and shoulders above somebody else that's your favorite. But Sky Moore, to me, I love that pick. I like the Karloftis pick a ton. I, it, it's tough, and I'm going to take – I'm going to need a window, a, uh, a weekend and about 20 beers till I settle this. Anybody your favorite? Wait a minute. Let's let's dive into that just a little bit. You need 20 beers before you, you can decide whether you like Sky Moore or George Karloftis. Yeah, I mean, more. sometimes when you had a few beers, you you become more yeah, clear. He doesn't, he doesn't need that to help him. He just wants to have 20 beers. Yeah, I've done, I've done that plenty of times. Right <laughs> you don't, you're not doing it because you need it. You're just doing that. He wants, wants to do it. Yeah, yeah, I'm no rookie. As yeah. far as as far as far draft picks, if they were to take draft picks and beer drinkers, I would probably be a first-round selection. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, you know, I think that – you mentioned it right before I was coming on, but value, and that's kind of been the uh, the operative word for the Chiefs offseason, right? You go back to uh, the free agency, and everybody wanted the Chiefs to get in on 
Allen Robinson. You wanted them to get on in on Chandler Jones or Von Miller, and you see these deals that they're they're getting elsewhere, and you realize why the Chiefs weren't in on them because there's no value at the money that they were getting. Tyree Kill, all of a sudden, after Devontae Adams gets traded and gets that mega deal, you know he wants to get paid twenty five plus million dollars a year annually. There's no value in that for the Chiefs. So they trade him and try and get the most value they possibly can. Sky Moore may end up being a, a top five wide receiver in this draft, and you get him with the 54th overall pick. Ridiculous. So, I mean, same with George Pickens, right, just to a different extent. And he could end up being one of the top three pass rushers in this draft, and you get him at the end of the first round. So, I mean, all of those guys are great. I mean, Sky Moore, just because of uh, the position he plays, he's going to get more attention. He's a wide receiver. We're all about the offense in Kansas City and – uh, you knew that they were going to spend one of those top four picks that they had in the first two rounds on a, on a receiver. So I'll be interested to see how that one works out. But um, I went into the draft thinking that the number one priority was edge rusher. So I guess the guy that I'm most interested in seeing is Karlaftis, but I wouldn't necessarily say that I think he's going to be the best. I'm just, I think there's the most, it, it, was, it was the biggest priority. So there's the biggest, I guess, urgency in making sure that he ends up being a good selection. You know what? I had Karloftis in one of my mocks, but yanked him off because of talking to you. And it's like, I need to make up my mind, Epicady or Karloftis. I can't keep both of them on there. But uh, so, yeah, but Sky Moore is a guy that you and I have had a lot of discussions on. Um, I like the guy towards the end. And you started really liking Sky Moore. Was there something that kind of pushed you into that? Because I remember your attitude kind of changed about it. Yeah, well, you know, I my attitude on wide receivers in general, I think, changed over the last uh, couple of weeks. You know, I, I kind of flip flopped. I went back and forth on should the Chiefs trade up and, and get a receiver. It's less about Sky Moore and more about the fact that I just thought there was going to be more value at that position in the second and third round than I did with Ed Rusher. There's, you can go back over the years. We know all the names, the guys who have been found on day two at the wide receiver position to go on to have really good careers and be instant impact guys too, right? Not just guys who are good down the road, but guys who can help you right away. Whereas it takes a lot longer for pass rushers because of the physicality. There's just more receivers being like, there, there's just more of them. They're better. They're more ready to uh, contribute right away, especially in this offense with sky Moore. I know you love the hand size stuff, but um, there, there's, Physically, he's not the most um, like imposing wide receiver. He's not Traylon Burks, right? He's not George Pickens. He's he's not John Dotson. But um, the speed and the the sort of tactician that he is as a route runner is certainly exciting. Receiver under Andy Reid's always a little bit tough to gauge because we can get excited about these guys, but you know as well as I do that it's going to take him some time to really learn the playbook. And year one, I can't imagine him playing more than, you know, 50, 60% of snaps, especially knowing that you, know, you bring in Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez scaling guys who have been in the league for four or five years. So I think they're going to bring him along slowly, which is, I guess, exciting in the fact that you don't need him to be a dude right away, and you're going to allow him to kind of learn in the system for a bit. Good stuff. You and uh, you enjoyed this draft so far because uh, I cannot wait for this thing to be in Kansas City. You see all the fun that everybody's having, the amounts of people. All I'm saying is get your hotels, get your what bars you, ready. Hey, what do you care about that? What do you care about that? Because you told me last week that 
you wanted to go to the draft, but you wanted to go by yourself so that you could be left alone. I, what's, what's the matter? If I go here in Kansas City, I want to go by myself. You're not going to get together with any buds? I mean, it's just... Like, a, could we go... Could we... Maybe could before... Maybe we can go before or have a nice dinner or meet you afterwards, you know, and just discuss the picks. We can we can we can ride there together. We could. And then once we get to the draft, you're you're doing your own thing, and I have to go hang out by myself. This might be a thing you have to Uber to because I'm not sure where you'd park. Yeah, there's no driving to the draft. Yeah, this might be an Uber thing. <laughs> you're driving in the like a couple miles <laughs> away from the draft, and then you're walking to it. I just want to know where everybody's gonna pee. Because I'm looking at all those Why people. Why are you still no, thinking about it, dude? You know, it's, it's thousands and you know, 600,000 fans. Well, it's a, it's a valid point. It's not. You, you we do don't need to talk about this. Really you do not want people really peeing not. all over your town. They're going to do it anyways. There are probably going to be a lot of drunk people, and they're just going to piss all over wherever they need I to. I value the city. All right. I, do I don't too, need, I don't need the city I'm sure, smelling like you're I'm urine. sure Las Vegas right now has a lot of problems with people peeing in various spots around there. You know what? That comes Vegas. with the territory of, I don't of want, having the I don't want my city smelling like urine. I mean, it's going to happen. Happens every year in New Orleans with Mardi Gras. Man, whatever. But this tackling, is in New Orleans. Tackling the, the big issues. Well, that's special. Yeah, we're, we're six hours and 15 minutes into this, so we're finally getting to it. Hey, I will tell you this. How much time you spent talking about him today, but knowing you, you probably have ad nauseum. Oh, crap. Lestina Smith just went to the Cardinals. Go yes. ahead. Yes, he did. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I got interrupted for so that. Mad. I mocked him to the Chiefs. He was so mad. No, I'm one of Lestina. Dude, what round are we even in? The seventh. Come on. No, we're the sixth. Oh, we're still in the sixth? Okay. Yeah, we're still in the sixth. Uh, so bad about Lucy. My favorite pick for the Chiefs is Leo Chanel. And I know that it's not going to be a popular one because of the position that he plays. Uh, dude's a freak. Dude's a really, really good I mean, his, his athletic, I mean, what I read something, Nicky's out of 2,147 like linebackers since 87, he's got the third highest score. I mean, yeah, for he was, athletic. He was, like a, he, was like an, he was like an all-star. He was like a track star in high school. Um, you know, an all American. I mean, he was, he's just a freak athlete, dude. Freak he's got athlete. 15 siblings too. Did you know that? Yeah, I did actually know that. I did. I think I, I think I was watching one of their games this year and I heard them say that on the broadcast. His brother's but, the fullback of Wisconsin, but he had eight sacks this year. That's insane for the middle linebacker position. I know. And I know people aren't going to like it because of the, the, the Willie Gay picks and uh, the Nick Bones in the last couple of years doesn't feel like that's a that's a uh, position of priority. But when you think about that position and how game after game people were still wondering why is Ben Neiman on the field, why is Anthony Hitchens? Because they're going to go three deep at inside linebacker position. So if you want to see Ben Neiman on the sidelines, you got to bring other bodies in. Like Anthony Hitchens is gone, or great, right? But um, you need to keep bringing in fresh bodies. And so uh, if you really are trying to overhaul that defense, this is the type of guy who. You know, three years from now, it wouldn't shock me whatsoever if he's, uh, you know, an everyday starter for the Chiefs. Andy Reid admitted on uh, NFL Network they had Kobe beef hot dogs there today. I've never heard of a Kobe beef hot dog. I had a Kobe beef hamburger. I yeah, I have no idea, but whatever it is, it worked. Wait, who? It worked for who? This whole draft, the whole draft room. I mean. You think you think the the draft was fueled by Kobe beef? I, I don't know, but it certainly worked. I'd certainly keep with that trend. So I'm guessing you would try one. Hell yes. Okay. 
I'm not against it. Seems a little bougie for you. Mm -hmm. It seems a little bougie for you. I'm not going to lie. Well, I'm game for anything. I'm pretty hungry. Pretty hungry, Nick. You're an everyman. You're 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 a dollar hot dog type of guy. No, I really am. I really am. That's 100 percent true. I'm a roller dog guy. At the uh, gas stations. <laughs> I like roller food. I'll be honest with you. I do. I, don't, I prefer I, my food on rollers. I'll pass. Okay. I'll, just I'll say. pass. No. I'll be walking by him in quick trip. I'm like, nope. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good. Nick, I hope you've I'm enjoyed I, I respect my body too much. <laughs> okay, Nick. Hey, uh, <laughs> you are the skinniest one on that show, though. Factual. That's a statement of fact. Yep. Well, I deal we in facts. We don't need to... We don't need to get into who the fattest on the show is, but let's just say, you know, one one of those guys is trending in the wrong direction. It rhymes. It rhymes with mold. Yeah, it's Chipotle's it's catching up with them. Hey, uh, Nick, you have a good rest of the weekend, my friend. Enjoy the uh, sixth end of the sixth and the seventh round. All right. All right, thanks, fellas. There you go, Nick Short, right there. Had to get to the hardest hitting issues with Nick because he's always. I just. I don't. Why? He always cracks me up at the like during football season at the end because I ask him for his prediction, and he goes round and round and round, never gives one. <laughs> it's just because he, he doesn't want to be wrong. No, That's it, why. no, but it's funny. It's become his his stick. Yeah, he doesn't want to be wrong. We'll oh, take a timeout. Oh, come back and wrap this up before we pass the baton to Josh Vernier. Hey, you're waiting for your last minute seventh round picks. Probably at Josh Vernier on Twitter. Yes, have Vern fill you. Yeah, in. have that. Text in. He's got an extended pregame, so yes. text in during the show and ask him what he thinks about these seventh round picks. It's six ten in. Saturday was well, six yeah, ten football see, draft. Yeah, Saturday. he'll talk about it. He'll talk about it with you guys. Uh, all right, uh, back after this. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on six ten Sports Radio, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. Final segment, Chiefs Draft Special. Jay Binkley, Chris Uno Cero. Been a fun day. We had Dusty Likens out at Arrowhead Stadium. Dusty was out here living the good life. Talking all the draft picks. I mean, the weather weather wasn't great out there, but he was actually he was out there on the field. Got to talk to the draft picks that that had been made in the first two days. He's out there. He was out there having a good life. I've had a lot of fun. I think people in general. I've had a ton of fun. And again, yes. with the seventh round coming up, it's, yeah, that is a shot in the dark. Maybe make your practice squad. You never know, but not guys you count on. You'll, you'll like them, though, because you'll get on YouTube and look at their highlights. Go, oh, they might have something here in the <laughs> se- seventh round, but that's just the way things go. I, I'll tell you what, though, these guys, I think there's some genuine interest to watch. I can't wait to watch, like, Leo Chanel and, uh, uh, Chanel and uh, Trey Smith bang heads. A few, a few times up in St. Joe in training camp. Yeah, training camp is going to be really interesting for all these players because there's so much youth coming in, so many players that I think people are going to have a lot of hope for because of how hyped this draft class is going to be once the grades start coming out. So, yeah, there's going to be a, a ton of interest in what happens up in St. Joe um, back, you know, once we hit July, late July, early August. So, this is, I mean, this is going to be something I think a lot of people are going to pay attention to, you know, whether it be rookie mini camp next month or when we get the mandatory mini camps for the Chiefs here coming after that. A lot of interest is going to be what does this rookie class do? It's going to carry us through in July. You're going to sit there and wait for training camp to begin, but it's going to be, well, I'm sure people want to see with Sky Moore. 
Yes. I think people want to see what this new wide receiver. It's not just Sky Moore. It's seeing Juju. Mm-hmm. It's seeing MVS. It's seeing these guys up in training camp as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the Chiefs at this point, Trent McDuffie picked the number 21 pick in the first round. The corner out of Washington, George Karloftis goes in the first round, pick 30 out of Purdue, the edge rusher. Sky Moore, the wide receiver, Western Michigan, goes in the second round. Brian Cook from Cincinnati, the safety, goes uh, in the second round as well. Leo Chennault, the third round. Uh, Joshua Williams, the uh, corner from Fayetteville State, Fayetteville, North Carolina State. And then Darian Kennard, uh, the offensive guard, massive human being uh, from University of Kentucky, goes in the fifth round. The Chiefs have three seven-round picks uh, coming up. So, so far, so good for the Kansas City Chiefs in this draft. I mean, it's drawn A-pluses all around the board, no matter who grades it. And again, it doesn't matter. You can see a lot of grades come out tomorrow and Monday. Yeah, doesn't mean as much. It, it's not going to mean much now because we don't know. It doesn't matter. Like I said, when the Chiefs took Mahomes, they got a C pluses a lot of places, and yeah. that's obviously you redraft that thing or regrade that thing. That's an A. And I don't care who else was in the draft class as long <laughs> as you get Mahomes. Exactly. Yeah. At that point, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. They took Tano Passanio the next round, and he it doesn't didn't do matter. Anything. You had Mahomes. Yeah. You got you got exactly what you what you needed in that draft class when you got your quarterback. So at this point. The grade would be nice. There's some assurance there that the team picked the right players. But at the end of the day, we won't know until they actually suit up for the team. And as far as the podcast page is concerned, at 1030, we had Tim Lester, the head coach of Western Michigan. Sky Moore's head coach. And Jeff Brom joined us, I think, around 230. 2.30. So Jeff Brom, uh, Karloftis' coach, joined us at 2.30 if you want to go back. And listen yeah, to six that. Six and a half hours on the, on the podcast page. Yeah, there's six and a half hours on the podcast page. So lots of draft coverage. And, of course, uh, as we sit right now, we're getting close to that seventh round. We are getting Tyler Beatty, by the way, of the Missouri Tigers, got drafted um, by the Baltimore Ravens. The Sam Roberts, defensive tackle on Northwest Missouri State, ended up going to, uh, Patriots. to the Patriots. Clea Davis, UCF. Defensive tackle. Thought he would go a little bit higher. He just went uh, to the 49ers. Last pick of the sixth round, pick 221. Um, 49ers on the clock right now. And as far as the Chiefs, they traded 233. So there'll be a plethora of Chiefs picks uh, starting at 243, 251, and 259. The last pick of the draft is 262. Mr. Irrelevant belongs to the San Francisco 49ers. Man, six and a half hours we've been on the air. We figured this draft would be done by now. And it feels we're like 10 minutes. Done. It's like, yeah. I was hoping we were getting the seventh round in, man. I was hoping we would get it in, too. I wanted to talk about those players, but we're not going to be able to get there. So. I know. We almost made it, but we got to turn it over to Vern. We do. We got to turn it over to Vern, 610 Saturday, Royals drone show out there. The City Connect jerseys for the Royals, dude. I really like those jerseys. I, I know, do. I know, a lot I of like people had their feelings about the hats and jerseys. I really like them. It's the only time I've ever liked the Fountain logo at all. I hate the the Kansas City Fountain logo, 
So I actually like these on these uniforms. I'm shocked there's not like barbecue on those jerseys. No. I'm just saying, no, man. That's ter- no, that's terrible. Okay, no. Okay, well, here's the thing. You make fun of me because you say, what's your favorite fountain? Well, no. Royals go City Connect with the fountains. Yeah, but like fountains like are visual. They're, it's supposed the, to be visually appealing. With the pair of ribs I'm not on interested. The front. No, no. Don't put food on a jersey. No, I'm not interested well, that, in that. City Connect? No, 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 no. We're not then putting let's give no some damn, more respect to fountains. No, don't put no damn burn-ins on a jersey. Don't put a rack of ribs in the logo. I'm good. We're, we're good as is. <laughs> but, yeah, no. Like, nobody knows the names of any fountains in Kansas City. Like, if you know a name of a fountain then you probably have a, a problem. I know. We Kauffman don't, Stadium Fountains. They're just like, oh, there's another fountain when you drive by. Kauffman Stadium Fountains. Yeah. Do those have names? I don't I don't think they do. No, they don't have names. I don't know. Maybe they decided to name them. Like, this is the George Bread Fountain. This they, is they, the, they should have done that. This is the Frank White Fountain. They should have done that. It would be a good way for them to go out there and honor those people. Maybe Salvador Perez gets them. You know, the Salvi Splash. Maybe he gets the, the fountains named after well, him. Well, I've always said at the new stadium, he needs an ever-flowing water bucket. Ever-flowing water bucket. Yeah. And every time a player does it, they just they like they just have the player stationed by the water bucket. They just dump water on them automatically. Yeah, people dunk their heads underneath it when it's like 100 degrees. It's hot. Hell, I'd even do it. I do think if, you know, whenever Salvi does get his statue... That a Salvi Splash statue would be really cool. Probably not going to be what they do, but really cool. Yeah. I like this from the text line. You put a fake barbecue saint stain right on the jersey. I'm good. No, that's <laughs> gross. People complain about that. Hey, thanks to uh, Tim Lester, head coach of Western Michigan, for joining us. And Jeff Brom, head coach of Purdue, uh, joining us. And all the fellows at 610 that chimed in. Thanks to Chris and Ocero. Thanks to Dusty Likens. A lot of fun. See you in the morning. Listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.